You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. You're on the dock with Pastor Troy here. We're having an incredible, incredible series here we're looking at, and it's going to be great. You're going to have a good time. Thanks for joining us today. We've got our on-the-dock coffee mugs on the table. We've got various beverages around here. I see a Coke on the table. They're not a sponsor yet, so normally we would blank that out, but <laughs> it's so small we can't see it. That's okay. Shane's my elder brother. You can't tell your elder brother not to do something. You know, they're big brothers. So, But we're all here. We're excited. We're going to be all about, as we always are, about conversations. Listen, conversations that push you out, push you out off the dock. I love that image that Megan did for me. Sitting on the dock is about some friends getting together. We're going to coach you. We're going to be partners. We're going to talk about dreams and visions of the kingdom. But at some point in time, we're going to get up out of those chairs before our feet go to sleep. We're going to cut the ropes, and we're going to send you out the pass and get out there, out of the shallows, into the deep, get out there doing the things of God. We want to inspire you. We want to encourage you. We want to equip you. If you've been listening to this podcast series on Pastor Troy's Mentors, I mean, guys, I mean, just just the, the, the knowledge around this table is incredible. Please go back and check out those previous co- podcasts. This is number three in that series, Pastor Troy's Mentors. But today, we got a special move. But let me tell you a few housekeeping things. You can find us at YouTube, always. That's our main platform. Check us out there, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. Check us out, and you can get out on social media and talk to us. Get in communication. Tell us what you like. Give us questions. Send us information, ideas for future shows. Check us out in our chat partners through Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Check that out. And then, hey, get on those channels. Subscribe to them. Hit like, share, notification. Pass the word out. Let people know how you can find the On The Dock podcast. They go out every Tuesday and Thursdays, and so we're excited to have you here. And don't forget, you can go and become a Patreon partner to us. There's a way to be a partner and a sponsor. Check out all those options at our Patreon site and find us at On The Dock at uh, Patreon. And you can also go to onthedock.org, our website. It has a link there to get there, as well as all the other podcast partners. You can find details at onthedock.org, or you can reach out to us, ask us questions. Donna, our executive producer, would love to talk to you at info at onthedock.org. Talk to her, and she'll get you orientated and get in the right direction. And so we're ready to go here. I've got my good friends and my mentors around the table here. Uh, God laid me on, uh, laid this on my heart to have these guys in the studio first. It's been just a blast today as we've laid, down, laid these down, and it's going to be great. I think you're going to enjoy it. Go back and listen to part one, two, and three. 
Theory. And today we're going to be looking at the subject right here. Uh, no Greater Love has inspired a lot of men to do things. And No Greater Love, all of us came out of that. That's kind of at the core of our training. Uh, it came out of Fred's vision and heart and his call to put the gospel in the hands of faithful men. He's got a basic training program, a cross-training program, so to speak, that, that you might call it that way. And I certainly used it and applied it to my coaches. I've used it in Thailand around the world. It translates, trust me. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because we want to, our goal is to give you the tools. We, we've talked about Christian leadership principles, but you know, to be a Christian leader, you've got to have core principles. You've got to have foundation put in there. So we're going to back up a little bit here and do what they like to do in the movies down and go back and do a prequel. And we're going to kind of talk to people about how to install that stuff so they can support such a journey out off the dock and into the deep. So we're going to be looking at that here around the table. I've got my good friends. Oh, look at this. We've got a good cadre of people. We've got Fred Bishop here at the table with us, Reverend Fred Bishop, Pastor Shane Bishop from Christ Church in Fairview Heights, and my good friend Roger Leip here with Coaches of Nations. And so they're here in studio with us. Guys, welcome to On the Dock again. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, we're ready to get going here. So first of all, um, I want to start with this. Um, no Greater Love has this, this phrase of putting the gospel into the hands of faithful men. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 in New King James says it this way, and the, king, and the things that you have heard, the things that you've heard from me, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy, his, his, his protege, he's passing stuff on, he's putting the gospel in the hands of faithful Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul was telling Timothy, teach things that you can transfer, that you can produce, and you can reproduce. We are here today because Timothy listened and did that and reproduced that and it went through the generations and got to us. I'm a little nervous today when I see the church and the condition it is, but most churches, the only thing they're uh, only thing they're producing is boredom and, and exhaustion in people that go to it and lack of interest these days. But we do have some guys in the room here that come out of churches that are very, not just productive, but reproductive. Churches, I mean, Shane's Church has been involved in launching churches in the Philippines and other places. We've been involved overseas. Roger's been overseas and launching churches and stuff. And Fred's got people sprouting and running ministries around the globe. Mm -hmm. So we've got some people here that have actually been doing what Paul assigned to Timothy, putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. You guys come back just for a second on that. We didn't address that in the last one. We talked a lot about it. What does that mean for you guys when, when, when we have that assignment of putting the gospel, that motto, it's, it's from Paul to Timothy, but certainly Fred has been charged as the modern day guy to pass that on. What, what do you think about that, Raj? Well, I see a generational effect just like you see there, but uh, I look back in my own family history and I can see faithfulness way back to our time in England. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. That's rolled down to me. And it, so I feel like I'm the the bearer of that for my generation and how do I transmit that further down the line? And so there's a family generational aspect to this, but also then a ministry generational a component of this to where I see those who have invested in me, who am I investing my life in and getting some, as Fred has always said, some of the greatest joy we have is to see those that we've poured our lives into now being fruitful in the Holy smoke. That is so much fun to watch that happen. Just like, it's fun for me to be a granddad now, and I get to watch my son be an excellent father. That's rich. I see that same thing happening with people that we've been able to grow and develop and, and to see some of the kids that have been like summer camp um, interns working with me in FCA, watch them now in their careers, Beautiful. either as medical doctors or other guys that are doing other things. 
folks who are planting churches, and I'm going, you, you just get to cheer them and go, that's the stuff, out of boy, go for it, and nurture that along uh, in their adult years. That's pretty rich, but that's what I see in, in 2 Timothy 2, too. And now when I read that, I see faces in there mm-hmm. of wow, people that we're watching do it. Shane? One of the things I love about Second Timothy two two is that it's not rocket science. That's right. It's just not rocket science. One thing I, I love about No Greater Love Ministers, it's not rocket science. And when you talk about growing a church, it's not rocket science either. I walked into a church twenty four years ago. It ran two hundred a week. Who knows what size any church is now? But uh, you know the way that we run attendance, which is the way we've always run attendance. You know, we're, we're, it's been a long time since we've been under 3,000. And so it's pretty exciting, but I don't think it's rocket science. You want to know how to grow a church? You make new Christians, you turn them into disciples, you send them out to make new Christians. That's it. I mean, that's why I don't write books. It would be like, <laughs> like, th- like half a page. But the, at the end of the day, I think simplification is so very important. I think that's what uh, Paul did in his letter to Timothy, I think, the way God speaks to us. A lot of times we want to complicate things because there's good money in complication. Mm-hmm. There is. You can't write a, a, a one-page book. Yeah. Coaching clinics. That's right. There's good money in complication. But what I love about this verse is that it is just simple. And I think if we can boil things down to the uh, main components we're going to find this isn't a big mystery. Well, I, 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 Roger works a lot in the sports world. Shane, you were avid athlete, still still hit the ball occasionally. You still playing softball? No. You retired finally? I retired three years ago. I did play a staff softball game last Tuesday. We, we had a staff softball game, and I've been unable to walk up steps <laughs> ever since then because my right knee is swollen the size of a watermelon. Well, you hung in there a lot longer. But, I mean, I coached football for 20-plus years. Got a chance to coach my kids through. I, I've got a chance to hang out with Roger and coaching the big kids at SIU and seeing the coaches work. The one thing about teaching blocking and tackling is, to be honest with you, it changes nothing from tykes to the other one. You got to get your butt up under. You got to drive the ball and you got to you got to square up to the tackle and you got to hit it and you got to wrap it and you drive. It, it, the basics are the basics. And you, when you listen to that coach at the college level, the pro level, and down here at this level, it's just all the same. And I, I just find with putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men, there's just some things that are the same. What Paul told Timothy is working today and I love what Roger says when he can see faces in it I think a lot of people don't realize though I mean you had how many services today four yeah four services just you preach that's not count all your campuses having correct right so I mean that's a long day so I mean it's romantic that you I mean everybody like me we all want to be a pastor 3,000 people of some sort but very few of us want to follow those footsteps once we get in those footsteps because that's a tiring long day I mean, I mean, a lot of people think it's romantic to do the ministry work, but they don't understand the romanticism doesn't come through that. It comes through the two-a-days and the one-a-days and training and, yeah. and the work you did all these other 24 years and the price that's paid. And not only that, the faithfulness all the way back to doing work at NGL at the beginning, learning the basic steps. It didn't just come. You just don't get in the game and, and start passing a church of 3,000. You've got to build that game. You've got to work your way up. And even though the blocking and tackling is the same at Tykes as it is in the pros, you've got to establish yourself along the way at each each challenge. So I think putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men always means that we're going to stand up to the challenge and be tested. And at different phases, I think God will bring you up. I've seen that in my ministry when I got that from Honduras and we started the one church, I thought, well, that was the cat's meow. What do we do now? <laughs> and then the guy stands up and says, I want you to come start three, but in Liberia. 
You know, I'm thinking, okay, that's a whole other continent. That's three churches. And okay. You know, it was a whole, and I thought I was done. I thought I arrived at what God wanted me to do. And I only found out it only just began. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that so true? Fred, what, 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 just your thought process there real quick on putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. You've been a brilliant leader at that. Giving people an opportunity. And, and I see the different things we do. I don't see doing a lot of good at any event. I said, uh, what I'm going to see is um, just in that process, I want to see men do something that's measurable. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that when they get home, they get thinking, I could do this too. I could do it at home. If you can do it at Mardi Gras, take them to the roughest place you can and then said, you can do it here. Now there's no excuse for you going home and not doing it again. You know, we got, <laughs> Beth and I have been cleaning. We, we had a shed and we, we put a garage out here on the platform out here out on the grounds of the church. And we finally got in there after after 11 years. We've had our boxes in there since our move from Pawnee. <laughs> we finally got there and reorganized and moved things around. It's all organized. It's getting real close. And we reach into a suitcase. We open up a suitcase and there are mine and her clown suits with uh. full makeup and costumes they are pristine they're in great shape we did not give them away i'm not sure i can fit in it these days but somebody can and i just thought about when we went and we went on those trips and then we came back we had heather we went to the kentucky derby together and we put on our clown suits and we came back and the first thing we did was we had my grandmother mamie make us all clown suits and we went and did stuff with them and we share stuff so what i what's cool about integrated love is they give you tools that are highly reproducible now let me tell you i haven't had that clown suit on in 20 years but i have put on lots of other kinds of suits other places and being able to take what I learned from being able to do that and reproduce that in ways now that fit me and fit the ministry that God's called me to. So it's really kind of cool to see what that's done over the years. For, guys, I just this picture I showed earlier, I, I'll throw it up again. This this picture of, of Fred in training. When Fred, Fred is like, you know, when deer's going, when the cold comes and the deer go in rut, you know, all of a sudden we start seeing dead deer all along Southern Illinois <laughs> highways. About every mile there's like three deer dead. And that's because the call on that male deer to go find that young doe becomes so strong that interstate 57 seems easily passable vehicles seem like nothing and they just leap across there sometimes they make it sometimes they don't my wife always says the does are over there seeing who the smart ones are you know <laughs> come on big boy you can make it you know and, and it but you can see when fred is teaching men the basic principles he's like that deer in season i mean he when he's on it he is on it and i i tell you what i just love that picture because i mean you have an anointing i think i think your dad shane has an anointing for training men in the basic core principles and those core principles have been highly highly transferable so i just wanted to throw that picture up and see what see see have us see that as we kind of set our tone here so what i want to look at in this episode here is what is the core of what ngl calls its basic training or its cross training what is at that core of that uh, and so fred give us first of all we'll start back with you what what are the basics of your training program where do you want to start with men women right off the bat so that they can become that leader so we're going back we're pre-cooling what is that first pieces that you need to install that helps a timothy become who paul thinks timothy could become i need to have some men that can lead and then i just invite the people said just come along for the ride we're going to teach you some basic things, and you're going to like one of them. I always see that thing about the squirrel and the rabbit. If they all try to see who outrun each other, the rabbit's going to, going to win. But So I'm just trying to help each person to say, if Jesus Christ is in your life, there's something special in there, and one of these disciplines is going to be you. 
and you won't recognize it, but your leader will, and he'll encourage you, and by the time you go home, you'll be holding tightly to the rod of God. So you, you, you're going to put people through a gauntlet of different experiences, and you're going to believe that one of those experiences, maybe more, but one will trigger something. And whether they do that or whether that leads to a branch off, I mean, I didn't keep using clown suits. I have them, and I did many things after that with the men. But it led you to begin to think, I could do this with this, and it creates a stimulus and a thought process, and it, and it really kind of matures into its own process. So you really believe that that, you need men that can lead. You need people to come follow. And then you want to inspire them with a ministry moment that, that, that begins to plant their own vision. I want to take them out so far that they couldn't get home without their leader. <laughs> and that and, and that's what's behind taking somebody to a Mardi Gras. That's right. They can't just run home real quick. No. They're in a bus along the way. They can't. They, I, I know you've had some guys they have had to go home. They get there and they realize they're way out over their head. But it's really tough to get home when you're that far away because it's hard to get home from Mardi Gras because everything's right. already booked up. You know, you're kind of stuck, you know. you know. And so you take them out so far that they can't get, get back too easy. I always said as a pastor, when you take people on retreat, you got to get the staff and leaders far enough away they can't <laughs> drive in or drive out yeah. or you can never get them really detached. And so Honey, honey dudes will win, win you over. They'll ruin you if you if you're too close to home. So, so when you get those guys out, when you when you get the guys to come off the dock and get out there with you on the cruise, if you were going to give the guys the first core training principles, what would be some of those basic essentials that you want to brief somebody on right off the bat? Those are four that I shared before. Said we we chose you because we believe you can do it. Now if you're going to have to prove to the guys that you love them more than you do anything else. And number three, you're going to be, I have to be able to do the things you're trying to teach them. And number four, make sure you send them home doing it themselves, not bragging how you can do it. All right. Uh, Shane, wh- wh- when you when you think of NGL and basic training, core principles, what are the core principles that you, I mean, you, you, you're a top leader in NGL for all those years, and, and you're way past that at this point in time. But still, when you boil it down and you're training leaders today, and you go back to those Paul Timothy roots, what do you think in those first touch points are? I think the big the separator between No Greater Love and a lot of other ministries. No Greater Love always had a clear idea of what a win looked like. That's good. And then they went out and got as many as they could. So a lot of people would look at No Greater Love and they say, this is about street ministry. Do you really think you're doing any good? And I would just say to them, this is not about street ministry. That is a, a means to an ends. There could have been any number of other means. The ends is to help men become everything God created them to be. No greater love always intrinsically understood. Men are different. They have different ceilings. They have different skill sets. The, no greater love didn't get frustrated with people because maybe they weren't talented enough. No greater love would always get frustrated people with people because they didn't prove to be faithful, right. available, available, or teachable. teachable. <laughs> that was the issue. So as long as the guy's in it, as long as the guy's going to try, as long as the guy's willing to launch out into that deeper water, as long as the guy was willing to grow, no greater love is going to stay with them. So for me, the clarity around what a win looked like was a major factor. And the win for no greater love was a man who comes home closer to God and closer to the man he was created to be than he was when he left. Man, that comes good. The, the thing that's kind of interesting about that faithful, available, teachable, if you, if you guys are ever visiting here and you teach here, you have to, here you have to quote me. <laughs> I realize that came from you and you brought it from somebody else. I've dug around. But, but nothing has been more taught by me anywhere else 
anywhere. I mean, if you were to start with the words, if you throw a fat sheep in my uh, image up my church, everybody will shout faithful, available, teachable. I mean, they just know that a, a healthy, fat sheep, to be healthy sheep or happy sheep, they become reproductive. If a sheep's happy, they'll reproduce, they, they reproduce. eat, they, they take care of you. And, and us as shepherds, we want to empower them to do that. If they're scared, if they're fearful, I mean, they just do not do well. They, they fall apart. They literally can die of broken hearts, honestly. And I think nothing more speaks about what is needed at that basic level is that people be faithful, trust the process, trust the system, be available to be asked to do what you do. You may hungry hate for God, hungry for God, teachable in that mm-hmm. hungry for God means you're able to learn from the father, yeah. but available is the key part because when you go on in jail trip back in the day, you know, you had to clown, then you had to street you preach. Did you, had to pass, you did do things that you thought, man, I don't want to do this. You know, that's strange, you know, but it's not the stuff. It's the process. Mm-hmm. It's the process of being available and teachable. And as you do that, you, you you're, they're able to shake some things down out of you and evaluate you and help find what you're really good at because all those things open up because you may not like to street preach or do one-on-one, but maybe you have a dream that you want to launch a ministry someplace and start this and, and do a prison ministry. Well, if you can't do one-on-one to people in the street, how are you going to talk to somebody in Menard prison <laughs> that, that, that may have just shanked somebody? Yeah. You know, if you can't talk to somebody on the streets at a festival, it's kind of a happy-go-lucky. How are you going to talk to a guy that would like to just dig your eye holes out with a mm-hmm. fork, you know? You know, you you, you probably better cut your teeth on something a little right. more reasonable first. And if, and if, if you want to do ministry and present yourself to be a shepherd, you better first learn to see if you can even be a clown for Jesus. You know, I, I, there's some very transferable things and simple things you're asked to do. You, you know, it's just like in football or whatever, you do basic training, you do certain drills. And, and you know, I had players for years, you do drills, and they go, why do we do these stupid drills? Because when you get in the fourth quarter and you can't breathe and you can't think anymore, <laughs> you want natural reaction yes, to take good. place. Mm-hmm. And, and what you've learned will come out. And I have seen those things. I mean, guys, I've been, I got asked, when Ebola hit, Bullet hit. We were in country in Liberia with our full surgical medical team. We were getting, I mean, I'm talking about when the first case from Guyana came from Guinea, came up the road, it passed our medical thing and went to, to Monrovia. So we were treating people on the road that probably already had Ebola. We were just getting ready to leave the country. It was just starting to manifest and pull up the road. And our trip was over. We'd done a lot of cases. And right before I left, the president of Liberia, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, her picture's in my office. She called and said, I want to meet with you. I thought, okay, Beautiful. you know, I, we were there at her invitation, but it was her undersecretary that was there. I want to meet with you. I was ready to fly home. I was, you remember that Beth? I was exhausted. We'd been I there. I'd been there for yeah. two trips. I was exhausted. I cried when she asked to meet with me. Mm-hmm. I think I called you and said, the president of the country wants to meet me, but that you means go. I got to miss my flight. Cause she couldn't see, she wanted to see me the following Tuesday. You go. And, I cr- I cried. I didn't want to go. I, I'd miss Beth. I was exhausted. Two surgical mission teams we'd had in. We'd done probably 3,000 cases. I was spent. And she called and wanted to meet with me. And so I ended up having to stay. And I, the whole plane flew off, and I said bye. I remember when the plane flew off, I went to a resort to stay for two days. And I thought, I'm going to be okay. As we left the airport, it was like crossing Pontchartrain. As we got out, I collapsed. I couldn't mm. speak, think anything. I remember <laughs> Pay got me to the resort, and he said, here's your room. He, and he looked at me, and he says, they have room service. It's the nicest place. It's owned by the, uh, the Robert Johnson that owns Black Entertainment Network in mm. Liberia. So he said, here's your room. It was really nice. I had air conditioning and a shower. I laid in the shower for about an hour. I got in the bed. I ordered room service. didn't leave for two days. Wow. And then I, I recovered. And then I got my ch- chief gown on and went to meet with the president of the country. And what she asked me was, could we help with Ebola? 
beautiful. Could we help fight Ebola? And that led us to sending all the containers back. And, and I, you know, faithful, available, teachable, it was a hard moment for me. But when I talked to you, you said, you've got to be available. This yeah, is a moment you got to dig in. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cost you a little something. So I, I, I learned that, and it, it opened doors like, like it would never open for us. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's hard. It's hard to do those things. And, and you go through the process. At different levels, God will open other doors. And, and it's opened so much for us since. So I just think about that, that moment when I was thinking, God, I don't want to do this. And I was thinking, I don't want to be a clown either, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what God did after that. And we were able to be vital. We were the only facility outside of Liberia, outside of Monrovia, that only medical institution that never closed. Wow. wow. Never Beautiful. closed. They used our churches as morgues and everything. So God is able, faithful, available, teachable is a big thing. It's a big principle. And um, we just, and, and when I was with the president, she asked me, and she is, she's a Nobel Peace Prize. She's an economics laureate, which was my background. And she said, she asked me, would you pray for us? Will you pray for our nation? I'm in here with her cabinet. And and she asked me, would you pray for our nation? I wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor. I know it seems easy. I've prayed for the state's state the state house. You guys all have done that. And I thought, what do I do? I just blank, yeah. you know? And I thought, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. <laughs> That's it. I learned that in NGL. And I just closed my eyes and I started adoring God. I confessed the sins of Liberia and our sins. And I gave thanks for the opportunity. And, and then I asked God for the needs. And I got done, and she said, you did a great job. And I'm thinking, thank you, No Great Love Ministries, for getting me out of this prayer hole. I, there's so many times that I've fall back on things like that in the breach, and it's that football training kind yeah. of like that I got. So, Roger, you got anything to add on that on basic training? Yeah, that's for me. That's the thing. What you alluded to is the prayer, study, fellowship, witness, those relational dimensions of growing a life in Christ that I teach all the time. Now I do it with people, very post postmodern thinking people. I talk to them about, you have to learn how to pray and learn how to study so that you can develop your life in Christ. And then horizontally, our relationships with people in the world is about Christian community, and it's about how do you share your faith with other people. And they go, okay, got it. I said, these are exercises. These are drills to run right. that you run every day of your life. And they go, okay, got it, coach. And here we go. I just coach them through that stuff. It's phenomenal to watch that happen. And it, do it with, um, I mean, right now with college basketball players, doing it with football players and other people of various sports and watching them grab it just like it's, I said, guys, you have ball handling drills to do every day. That's good. Guess how often you would do this every day. Exactly. And watch them grasp those things. Mm-hmm. And those become the things that fuel your life mm-hmm. to where all of a sudden you're standing there in that moment and you go, what do I have to say? You, you default to these drills that you've been doing your whole life, and it, it fuels your life. I think I think acts being taught to pray, sure. basics. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Oh, Just on. form yeah. your prayers by appreciating God, confessing your sins. If you're leading a group, the group sins, thanking God for what he's done, and then asking Papa for some things. That works so good. Mm-hmm. It, it, it teaches in Liberia. It teaches anywhere, trust me. Uh, but we'll come to this in a minute. But I got a graphic on it, but prayer, study, fellowship, and witness. Just understanding how relation works with the cross and, and that. We'll come back to that in a minute. The when, where, and why. Know when you got saved, where you got saved, why you got saved. Having your birth date so the devil can't rob you. Right. Driving the ground. I've told people that say, well, I'm not sure I have one. So let's drive a stake in the ground now. And then you can have something. The devil can't take that from you because no one can snatch you from the father's hands. I think a fat sheep, faithful, Mm -hmm. available, teachable. Those are things that just jump out in me. The hidden, the blind things that we talk about and Mm -hmm. and knowing how to do those. When I think of that, I think of those kind of things. Now, Shane and Roger, I want to ask you guys, and then Fred, you can kind of comment on the back of these guys, but how, how have you seen basic training transfer into your ministry and what pieces or components has it come to you, or maybe maybe you've modulated it to fit into your ministry models? Is it been transferable to you? 
Absolutely, because I mean, that's what I do every day with uh, people now. It happens to be in the sporting world, but everybody I'm going to mentor um, in any facet, that's where I start. Whatever it is you want to talk about and learn about and all that, okay, we'll deal with that later. But here's where we start right here, because if you can get these things, that other stuff has context. The, the, the books we may read, I'm about to start mentoring a guy who's a area businessman, and he asked me for this, and this is where I'm going to start. We may talk about, you know, uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. We may talk business models. We may talk all this stuff. But we're going to start here because this will feed his soul every day. Every day. Right? Every day. This will feed him from the inside out. And that's what I'm trying to have develop more than anything else. Uh, whether it's an 18-year-old college basketball player I've begun meeting with or this guy who's in his early 40s, it's the same stuff. We're yeah. going to start right here. Yeah, and, I, and I, when I gave my list a minute, I didn't – the first thing I should have put was quiet time. That's our first podcast in this is you've got to establish a quiet time with the Lord and that personal relationship that then carries into having an ACTS, uh, the prayer study. Mm-hmm. It starts with, it's grounded in prayer. It's, it's grounded in that time with the Lord and it's all built out on that. I think it's good. Uh, Shane, how about you? How's that translated into your work? One of the things that no greater love was always pretty big on was just being well-rounded. You didn't have to be good at everything, Mm-mm. but you got to do everything. And for me, when I think about developing mature Christian disciples, when I think about developing leaders, there is a certain amount of well-roundedness that is required, and that really pushes against a lot of business theory right now. A lot of business theory says just develop your strengths and forget about your weaknesses. Mm. Well, that works unless, of course, you are a Christian leader. Your Your weaknesses are what will kill you. If you're a Christian leader, Mm -hmm. if you're the head of a Fortune 500 company and you have problems with impulse control, uh, that may embarrass you here and there. It's not going to be a career changer for you. If you are a Christian leader and you can't control yourself and you make bad decisions on a character level, you're going to be out of play. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that really strikes me is that Christian leaders have to have a baseline of well-roundedness. And then on top of that, we build our strengths. No Greater Love was very helpful to me because it established a baseline for a Christian. We think a mature Christian is going to do these things, and these are going to be a part of their life. This is foundational. What they build on top of that uh, is how the Holy Spirit gifts them and how God calls them, but everybody has to have a foundation. So for me, that is what sort of translates into what I do now. On a no greater love trip, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. That's good. And any of us as leaders are only as strong as our weakest link. We need to make, we don't have to be great at everything, but we have to be baselined, solid everywhere. Then we build on top of that. That's what I carried away. Yeah, when you when, you know, I think it's a really good point because, like, you, as your pastor today and say church staffs, you can have a church staff that's very functional. They're all doing their stuff, but you can have a weakness inside that staff, and it will turn a hundred percent of your pastoral attention to managing what's damaged from that weak spot. Mm-hmm. And you can ha- you can be building a church, you can be building, you can be planning planning a new congregation, you can be planning a mission trip, and you get it, you get an infidelity, you get a a breach in character that happens in a staff person, 
and you all of a sudden have to devote massive amounts of resources to the leak in the Titanic. And if you don't do it soon, it will it will have the ship foundered and, and mm-hmm. rolling on its side. And if you dr- address it quickly and you do it smoothly and gracefully, God, I, I found God will right the ship and you can do it in the proper way. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, the weakest link can quickly change that. And you as a leader, if you're not aware of that and focused on that, and, and you don't have people that are willing to submit to that process, then you got a problem. And I think it happens with individuals, too. I think as leaders, sometimes we begin to apply to others what we came up with. And there's a temptation sometimes to not apply that to yourself. Uh, I don't know of one person that got into ministry to blow the whole thing to crap. (laughs) I don't. But I know a lot of people who've blown the whole thing to crap. And the reality is those foundational things, and I'm just going to say those character elements, you don't hire anybody simply because they have good character. But if somebody doesn't have good character, they're going to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you hire people because they have talent. But if somebody has talent and doesn't have good character, they're they're a disaster cubed. Absolutely. So the reality is that baseline and building that firm foundation that the Bible talks about so often. But for me, if you had to put a word on that foundation, it's character. And you don't go anywhere without it. Amen. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to throw this graphic up here. Uh, I've taught this around the world. It's in my face steps and my plumb line. I stole it totally from you, Fred. And I use it everywhere. Study, prayer, fellowship, and witness. You've got to be just those guys. And that upper access is that relationship with God. That comes in that quiet time. That comes in your, your personal commitment. And then the, the horizontal access there is that relationship with the church and abroad. And I find Christ is the middle of both of those. I I, I have it reorganized in my plumb line class as that upper access is the things where we accept God. And the other, the horizontal is where we assist God. Mm-hmm. And, and and a lot of us want to be disciples that just live for God. And some of us just want to go do social things. But what unique, uniquely makes us the disciples cross is that we live in the middle of that. We live by both accepting God and assisting the principles of God. So as you look at that, Fred, what do you see when you see study, prayer, fellowship, and witness? Balance. I see balance. I know that uh, that the, the the vertical has to be there to to give you your relationship to God, and what you do horizontally can only be maintained by your personal relationship. I think the vertical is necessary to maintain, to hold the structure of your witness and your fellowship. You're grounded in the study. That's why You're it's grounded. at the bottom. You, the Word of God's what sticks you. But then talking to God about that, working through that, the prayer develops that relationship. Everything rises and falls on that leadership. But then you can't do it in isolation. You've got to add to it your relationship with other believers. My brother's in the room here. Uh, we, we, we've all helped each other, sharpen each other. We've helped each other through difficult times and losses and battle zones. And you're going to have that. You're going to have character moments, I think, where, where you falter and you need people to pick you up. You need to be pick up, pickable too. I mean, you need to have a relationship with God that's tender enough that you can get back on your knees and get restarted. I always tell people that, you know, your your, your faith is like built on a foundation of Christ. And I tell, in my poem line class, I tell people, as you build and grow in your faith, you'll build building blocks and your, your ministry and your life will get stronger and stronger and you grow up. But sometimes people get up there and the thing gets looking like the leaning tower of Pisa yeah. in <laughs> Italy and it gets a little bent. And I tell people what you got to do then is God uses a plumb line to check you. He's going to go vertical. He's not tall of these things when they're out of line. I know it may look pretty and it's a good tour site, but he's not interested in that. He's in plumb. So you, you look at that plumb line, if it's out of line, I That's tell people point. what you have to do is you have to take down the blocks until it's back plumb. 
and start over. And I tell people, you take the blocks down, but here's the one thing good. If you can't figure out where it started, knock it all the way back to the foundation because the one thing you can do is you can stand naked and alone on Christ Jesus. Naked and flawless alone on Christ Jesus. But if you try to live on sinking sand, you're going to lose every time. So you don't need the fancy tower and the big ministry and all that, but what you need to be able to stand is on Christ Jesus. Even if you have to repent, get back on your knees and start your ministry over and start from scratch, which is loving God yourself and loving one another start there but don't try to live a fraud in a leaning tower it won't pass the mustard and he's not going to turn his eye on it and so pull it down if necessary get back to the bottom yeah when i look at these i think about the vertical axis and for me it's about god making his impression on us he imprints us with his thumbnail if you will his thumbprint and here it is he makes an impression upon us and then horizontally we make an expression in the world We, we express that life in the world in both directions but you know, I think about Hebrews ten twenty four. You know, about um, considering how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. And I talk with sports people about that, and I use that word exactly it, to provoke. It's going to take more than a, a nudge. It, sometimes we have to shove our teammates into doing the right thing. But then, how do you express yourself in the world with people who can't spell Jesus? How do we find ways to express the love of Christ with people who have never even heard of Him? Um, that's part of, but I cannot, I'm worthless to do any, either of those two things horizontally if I'm not imprinted, not. impressed good. by the Lord's uh, love and re- uh, relationship with him. Any more thoughts on the on the Disciples Cross here? Well, guys, we're going to come back here in, in the next podcast, and we are going to jump in this and take what we've been talking about and all this. We're going to pull together in a roundtable, and we're going to come back and take a few of these subjects we've talked at, go a little deeper. And if you guys have got some notes and stuff that you've been talking about, you just want to get out. We're going to, in this, what we like about our roundtable, it's kind of unique. It gives us a chance to kind of get that sagely advice, that sagely stuff, kind of boil it down and get people ready to get off the dock and get out there. I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, you guys are just a blessing, an incredible wealth of experience here. And uh, we're going to be back in with our next podcast with our roundtable discussion and you don't know where that's going to go we got i got some good notes here i can't wait to take these questions on a little bit deeper and we'll see where it goes from there so come on back with us real soon at on the dock you'll find us uh ready to go and we'll be here for the roundtable on leadership again you can check out no greater love ministries at nogreaterlove.org check it out there and i appreciate having you here fred shane and roger thanks for coming in today again and you can check us out at on the dock.org or you can email us at info at on the dock.org and get more information check us out at youtube uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all of our other broadcast partners you see on the right there, uh, podcast, Google Podcast, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, Sermonette, and reach out to us through our chat partners at Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. We'd love to have you. And on those sites, please hit subscribe, like, notify, connect with us so we'll know your partners. And every time, if you hit that notify, every time we go up with the podcast, it'll tell you. So we'd love for you to be a part of our team. And you can go to my Patreon and become one of our partners there and find out how to be a supporter of us and a partner with us there. And finally, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you out here at Community Faith. If you're in our region or area, we'd love to have you. We're in Marion, Illinois. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m., Wednesdays at 630. If you're not able to get here, we'd love to have you. Check us out on our virtual campus. Check that out at coftv.com. You can find out all our platforms there, YouTube, Facebook, different ones we have available. We would love to have you. But if you're up in the Fairview Heights region, I cannot express more. Christ Church would be a great place for you to go. They also have a virtual campus. You can check that out. I watch them regularly as well. They're, listen, a church with multiple sites, but one church. Check them out at Fairview Heights, Collinsville, Maryville, Scott Campus there, and the Millstadt Campus. Check them out at mychristchurch.com. They are a great church. You want to check them out. Guys, thank you for being in 
in here uh, for this discussion. Very valuable discussion. And we'll be back for roundtable part five soon. We'll see you soon. I'm Pastor Troy with On the Dime.